This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen and everybody, this is going to be a different type of interview. I have Barat Kenodia, and I hope I say that name right because I want people to say my name Kellen right all the time and they call me everything but. But this is going to be a different interview because Barat, we're going to go back and forth. This is kind of, you know, our first interaction and we wanted to kind of do it to show you guys how do you meet a stranger? How do you network? And Barat has a very successful business. He's done, if not was it billions, Barat, worth of evaluation? So I'm going to let him talk about that, but I'm going to be fair because I said I would answer any question that he had and how I got started. So, Barat, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kellen. Thank you. And you had asked me, you know, how did I get involved in what I'm doing? I started off as a journalist, and when magazines started to take a dip, I said, wait, I know all the publications and the TV stations from doing press junkets. And I was still in college at the time. Um, I think I was in grad school or just going to grad school. And um, I just, you know, it was a natural thing. And what it was, was Vicki Charles of Universal Records was the senior publicist. And from, I always liked her and the wisdom that she gave me. And I said, oh, wait, I could do the publicist job. And at some point you get so good in PR or maybe you just kind of outstep the boundaries. I had a team member of mine, Raru, out of, in Atlanta, and she told me, Kellen, you do more than PR. You're a consultant. I mean, you can do the PR and you do it well, but you are a consultant. And that's kind of why Coleman Public Relations and Consulting Firm came about. Very cool. Yeah. So what kind of consulting do you offer, Kellen? So it varies. Um, Being a unique individual from these red frames or the other frames you may see that I I have um, in my hair, it's kind of a rebellion that I can look and do what I want to do and still be great at it. Still, you know, be an entrepreneur, don't have to follow any path but my own that God put me on. Um, it's right now heavy into business and influencing, and we're dealing with both as far as the brands who need influencers and dealing with the influencers, because some people are making more money than they know what to do with. I had a financial influencer call me two weeks ago and say, I, my channel just blew up. I need help. I don't know what to do. I'm just so busy. Can you help me? There's not too many people that I found do what you do with the recommendations that the way people talk about you. So, and it varies also into healthcare because my wife is a radiologist and we have, um, I've gotten her to love the business side. At first, she was all science, all radiology, you know, when she was in med school and residency. And now that she has her first real job in radiology, she's like, I'm really an entrepreneur. And so it varies because we have some healthcare companies as well that deal with mentoring people to get into healthcare, especially minorities, and also um, to take care of the sick, which we have plenty of right now. So it varies. I tell people all the time, 
I can hear your problem. And if I can have a solution, I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> you know, I'll send you what the what the packages look like. But yeah, it, it just varies because you'll find out that I have just, it, it's, I, I'm definitely just kind of, people say you're all over the place, but I have a good team and I have a different type of philosophy of, you know, running that team. Do you think causes um, such business owners that you earlier talked about for them to, I guess, as you said, uh, for their business to blow up or their podcasts um, or the uh, broadcast of, you know, whatever they might be doing on social media, Insta account or what have you, uh, what causes it to blow up usually? Blow up as in, you know, just grow exponentially, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, always starts with the passion The every YouTuber that I know that has over a million followers will, will tell you it's not about the subscribers. It's about the views. It's, it's not about the, you know, how much money, no matter what they get. And some of it is a crazy amount of money. Some of the ladies, especially, you know, the, the, the bigger ones who deal with, you know, looking good and, and presenting themselves a certain way, $2,500 every other day. I mean, the offers just come in. And what those influencers find that they were doing this for free for three years before YouTube even, you know, offered money. And it was the passion. Like your YouTube is, I mean, it's well put together. I mean, you can tell you put like real effort and, you know, time and if not money into it. And it's just being consistent. And it's not about what you look like on a YouTube or a TikTok because it takes one phone call. And I got a phone call this week, actually, that um, said, you know what? We really like your platform and we're talking about, you know, working out some deals and possibly bringing it to bigger platforms. You know, the deal has to be right. It has to it's going to take time. If it's TV, it feels like it takes forever. If it's YouTube, I go to NAPTI conventions that are um, here in Miami and I'm just new to Florida. We've been here about three and a half months from Seattle before that TV takes forever. And there's a little beef still between TV and YouTube. Cause you would think if something did very well on YouTube, that TV would be knocking down its door, but there's still this riff that TV, when you talk to the executives behind the scenes, they still don't get it. Even though they want to be where the YouTubers are on YouTube, they don't necessarily want to bring the YouTubers over to TV. So it, it's just that riff. Same thing happened with radio and TV. You know, the radio star, you're too young to remember, Barat, but the radio star, you know, even from the AM to the FM, wait, that person would be great on TV. And I remember talking with, you know, Viacom and different networks real young. And saying radio should be TV. We should film it. And I could even name some names of people, but I won't because I like to just keep private conversations private that said, Kellen, you're crazy thinking radio can be TV. And I, and then years later, I said, you know what also could happen? TV could allow texting where you could say happy birthday to that person. And they almost wanted to throw me and laugh me out the office. And I said, well, you know, I just came back, spent a month in South Africa. And then I, I was in Europe as well. And I said, they're already doing it on channel O. And they're like, what were you doing in Africa? This is uh, before the Olympics in South Africa. And it was like on vacation, you know, that's what I was doing. So my 
my theory is there are certain people that have to get out of the way, um, even for the YouTube algorithm, for a show like yours to get picked up drastically or mine. Business moves slow on a YouTube because people want to see the sensationalism of the cat, you know, scratching the bird. And I think that it's the sensationalism, the longevity, and just the passion, probably in reverse, that really take a channel to the next step. Because everybody starts with an audience of one, is what one of my influencers, Philip Scott, says. He says, we all started with one. There was no magic. We didn't do anything special. We were just consistent. Oh, that, that, is, uh, that is very true, Kellen. Um, and I am... Uh learning that as I uh, go along. Um, so compared to, um, you know, all the avenues people have nowadays, right? You've got, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Twitter, you've got YouTube, you've got Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you just keep going, right? Have you figured out what's the secret sauce of what's the right combination of what or which platform works better in what kind of audience on the kind of business. So for example, people keep telling me that I need to be on Twitter and I have a Twitter account. I don't want to be on Twitter. I don't want to do 15 things. I want to do one or two things and I do do them nicely. So uh, what are your thoughts around this? So my thoughts, I think it depends on what the long-term goal is and strategy. Because for me doing diversified game, I know I can book people for great interviews and have interesting topics and ask them questions that they haven't been asked before. Even if they've been interviewed a hundred times, I'm going to ask you something different and they're going to say, oh, wow, that was a good question. Why? Because I really don't care about how much money you made unless you are like Christian the Truth Jones that I had on a few weeks ago, who's a 13-year-old millionaire due to trading stocks. You know, I, and I, I don't care um, about the fluff. Everybody can go to another interview and watch that. I love YouTube and Google, even though, you know, it's so big of a organization and living in Seattle, you get to get a different relationship and understanding of Google and YouTube and you're like, and you know, I know YouTube's real headquarters is in San Francisco next to you. And it's a different when you can go to the mixers and you can talk about the issues they'd love to fix too. So I love YouTube and I like anything that you can monetize. Um, I shocked pe some people who knew me when I put out there publicly last month that I think OnlyFans is going to be the next Facebook because they're not censoring. You know, I remember being in, you know, whether it be the church or wherever, and people would say, oh, this thing, the internet, it's the devil. Don't use the internet. It's evil and what people are going to do. And I remember getting free, you know, um, again, you're too young to remember this, but thousand hours on your CD and you're like, oh, I got a thousand hours. Then they give you five thousand hours. And then, you know, it just went up and up and you're like, wait, this is great. And you really got to, you know, get busy on that thing. But I love YouTube because think about if you're like a public speaker and you go to Toastmasters or you go to the NSA, whichever you know groups you like or wherever the chamber event. You can tell your audience, I go in depth in this on this platform right here. Go check out my platform and that 12 people can go view your videos. And again, if it's not about just what you can make from Google, but if the right you know, investor, the right business partner finds that, 
and says, I want to invest in you. You know something that I haven't found anybody else that knows it or I just like you because let's be honest, we do business with people that we like so we can stand those people and don't have to, you know, wring their necks. You know, you don't write a check monthly to anybody who you're like, I really can't stand that person. So I love the YouTube platform. I wish LinkedIn would go to monetization. I know they flirted with the idea, but anything that can monetize and even us creating our own platforms because I have people in my network who they'll watch a piece of my video and then they'll call me. And now they have an, I have this automated text that I've had for a few years and they hate it, but I'm like, book some time, you know, and, and that really doesn't work with family, but you have to tell them, look, I'm doing stuff and you're asking me stuff that I get paid to do. I don't come to your job and ask for a freebie. So don't come to mine. And, and, you know, those are difficult conversations. So I think like what you're doing on YouTube, it works. You just have to find your tribe. You know, Seth Godwin always, he wrote a whole book about it of the 200 he's written tribes. And I think that, you know, the knowledge that you have, it's so up there that your average YouTuber is not looking for it, but you just got to find that tribe who is looking to sell their business and get an evaluation and has no idea how to do it. And now they found you. And I've been found on even Instagram. So if you're on Instagram too, even though you can't monetize Instagram, um, there's a company and this is a free plug. They're not clients. I just started using them, but it's called 98 bucks social. This company, 98 bucks social. Yeah, I can send you the links. No worries. Um, And they for, you know, three different platforms. They even create the content. You can upload stuff if you want, like for them to kind of arrange. But they put basic content to help you based on your goals. And so far, you know, besides the onboarding, I'm having a great time with them. And I might even just increase it next month so they can do my Instagram because I really don't want to be on social media that much. I want to read more books, um, try to read a book a week. That's always the goal. And I want to, you know, spend more time now that I'm a homeschool teacher with my kids, <laughs> um, not by design, right? Um, and I know you have a little one at, at least. How many little ones do you have? Are big ones? Um, I, I got uh, two munchkins. Uh, one is seven, a boy, and a five, a girl. You? I have a 10-year-old and I have a seven-year-old. She just turned seven. So both girls and we're home, you know, we're homeschool teachers as well as working on this business and it's um it's interesting so i i think that you know the youtube it will kick off could you run ads could you find a marketing team yes because there are some marketing teams that say you know money back guarantee the thing is what are you getting are you just getting a subscriber are you are they somehow getting people to keep coming and how do they do that um, I'm having a meeting actually at three with one of my friends to talk about that for diversified game, because before I go into a meeting, possibly making a deal with anybody, I need to know on my own, what haven't I done in, in my podcast show, whatever, you know, it's called nowadays. It started with three of us and the other two who are still friends with me, but they're not friends with each other. So they were like, look, we're, we're done. We want to do something else, which is fine. But um, 
you know, they're they're my young team and, and they're going through what young men go through. So, um, it, you know, I had team effort in building this. It wasn't just me. I have a whole nother podcast that I call my venting hour work break conversations that all I use it for is when I need to vent, when I've said something a thousand times and I don't want to say it again. And that's kind of how I use social media anyway. I don't want to tell you guys anymore. I said it once. So I really should create a course, but um, I have issues with just talking into a camera without somebody being there. And it, it, it's, a, it's a flaw of mine. You know, uh, it's it's funny you mention uh, venting because recently I was watching a show on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. It's called Behind the Curve. Have you seen it? Not yet, but I I, I want to. Don't. It's not that Don't. impressive. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I wanted to mention it because in that show, the premise is it's talking about people who believe that the Earth is flat. Oh. So they, they call flat earthers. So anyway, I don't want to spread, you know, stupid theories. But I started to watch that show because I, uh, you know, I, I like kooky stuff, right? I, I enjoy, if somebody's thinking outside the box, I want to hear that guy. I want to hear him out. Give him a chance, you know. You know, be, be fair. Um, and I tried to hear them out. And they did not really convince me logically, Right why earth is flat instead they kept harping upon look so many millions of people believe that the earth is flat and could they all be wrong i'm like is that your only logic that just because millions of people believe that the earth is flat that's the only reason they didn't convince me logically so i i I appreciate what you're saying about just you know people just creating things on uh, YouTube or social media and that's just going crazy without really much substance. So um, I wanted to create something uh, instead that truly helps people. And, you know, it's showing, Um, you know, I've been getting inquiries and questions on my channel and, you know, people have been reaching out that, Hey, what about this? What about that? Um, Of course I, you know, I haven't uh, purchased my first Ferrari yet, but it is encouraging that I might uh, get there someday, Kellen. Yeah, and you can always rent it from Turo and bring it back to the owner so you don't have to pay the $20,000 at least year, you know, maintenance on it. Um, it's, it's, it's okay. Your, your kids won't be mad. Like, hey, dad saved a whole bunch of money. And, you know, um, if, if, if you have, you know, your wife there, she might say, you really spent that much on a day? But you say, hey, but I saved how much? You know, it's, it, it is what it is. So I, I love that app um, for so many reasons. Now, have you, so you've been getting some inquiries about, you know, business and come check it out so one video if you think about it might make you you know more money than what any youtuber makes in a year um you know your average youtuber at least so it's a win-win without having a big audience and so it's just about your tribe and pulling those people in um besides business evaluation have have you looked into like travel because you know people who have um a good amount of money whatever that is they then do like the nomad capitalist who was a YouTuber who 
says, I don't even want to be here in this country anymore because I'm going to sell my business and I'm going to go live abroad. So, okay, I'm going to show you how to sell your business. And if you're interested, I'll show you how to go live in, you know, another country where you won't be taxed so much. Is that an interest or an expertise that you have? Um. Not yet, but I haven't sold a business for $20 million and I haven't had to run from Uncle Sam yet. Okay. Uh, okay. But who knows? You know, uh, uh, that that may not be the worst problem in the world. Um, you know, fugitives with means. Um, uh, 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 but, you know, the whole premise is, Kellen, 94% of the businesses that are registered in America they have revenue of less than $5 million, right? Mm. So when we think of business owners, you know, we think of the big dogs, you know, the guys, you know, smoking cigars and all that. But no, 94% of them have revenue less than $5 million. And 60% of those are baby boomers. Mm. And baby boomers need to retire. Average boomer is 66 years old. They got to retire. And selling their business is a big chunk of the money that they need for a sustained retirement. Um, and I used to help the big boys uh, formerly, right? So I was just frankly helping rich people get even more rich. I mean, I was helping people who are making $10 million a year, $15 million a year and talking about, hey, how do you make $20 million a year? Instead, I said, hey, wait a second. I'm, I, why is this backwards? I should be helping everyone. Um, because the knowledge that I have, you know, fundamentals don't change, right? One plus one equals two. And that doesn't matter if it's a $2 million business or a $2 billion business. So that's why I decided to create a channel where I can educate people who are in that 94% business bracket, right? And help them understand how to increase their business's value. And I'm sending actually the video you did on a preschool um, I'm, I'm sending that to one of my friends who owns a drop-in daycare slash type preschool because, you know, my wife and I, when we lived in Seattle, were offered many a time to become a partner in this business. And it was something where I'm weird and say, I don't think a man should own a daycare. Don't really want to, you know, deal with that. I, you know, so I, I told my wife and she was like, you know, for various reasons, that's not going to be something that I want to do um, long term, but they're still friends and I'm going to send it because I have a feeling that even this fr uh, friend of mine won't keep it once her kids get so much older and she may even want to, um, she's a globe traveler, um, you know, from, from Somalia, grew up in Kenya, Switzerland, and now in America, but um yeah, I, I, I definitely am sending that. So people like me can send and say, hey, I got a friend who owns a sporting goods store, friend who owns this, and they can learn. And if they want to sell or when they're ready to sell, they can, um, you know, go and talk with you. Because I, I can't imagine selling like a business. I, I don't have like an emotional tie. I just love what I do for the business. So there was a business that a venture capital firm had offered us at a pitch competition and they offered some money and I'm like you know what my wife's not ready for that and she was mad for about you know a few months but I said you, you don't have time the type of time and I can't run that because of the technical healthcare stuff I didn't go to med school you know I can do a lot but that I can't do and if you're not, you're not gonna quit 
because this is the foundation of two other businesses that you want to do all the way going back to Cameroon. I said, it, it doesn't make sense. And you have to know that, you know, people are just thinking evaluation and sell. And we watch Shark Tank and Lion's Den and we're like, oh, wait, but I don't want to just retire. I'm not ready to retire. I don't see myself, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't see myself sitting down anytime soon. And that would be kind of a, um, a failure because I love what I'm doing because I built it to do it the way I want to do it. And so if I have to go kind of compromise to, you know, work with others, there, there's an issue because my like the military, they say my way is the right way and your way is the wrong way, um, you know, and I can compromise. But there's an old school way of doing things that I think automation is just going to totally kill a lot of. And, you know, that's one of the things I uh, recommend to many business owners that, um, uh, in fact, my, my wife was asking me, my wife is an influencer and, uh, you know, she just had a nice contract lately and she saved up a few thousand bucks and she wanted to invest that back in the business. And she asked me, hey, you keep advising people on what to do and how to maximize the business's value. How about you advise me for free? I'm like, all right, what do you need? She's like, I have this money and I need to invest in my business. Where do I invest? I'm like, if you have to invest in your business, always invest in technology. Always double down on technology. You can't never go wrong. Technology will show you things that have never been done. And your competition will just be flabbergasted with like, holy crap, look at this guy. You look at this girl, you know, look at what they're doing. And it's all just technology. And technology is now cheap. Technology is at your fingertips for 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month. You can do anything. 98 bucks. Yeah. 98 bucks. It's definitely, um, you know, I, I, I always recommend this book, The Future is Faster Than You Think. And the stuff that, you know, Peter writes about and you, you have to like study this book. It's not one you can just breeze through because you have to say, wait, hold on. That's a, that's available. 24 hour 3D printing houses in Guatemala. Why aren't they doing that in San Francisco, Seattle, you know, and all these places? And th that becomes, you know, politics and all this other stuff. But no, definitely. I, I definitely agree because I don't even want to do half the things that I'm doing. And I tell my team all the time you can be replaced by software. Um, I just like you. So that's why, you know, you're, you're here not to, and I can be replaced too by software. So don't, don't think it's, you know, but there's, we can always do something else and we can pivot. And what can we do that software at this point can't do? Cause I mean, this is, I'm a, I'm old school twilight zone fan seeing every episode 10 times. And now, you know, my young team members have introduced me to Black Mirror a couple uh, years oh, ago. <laughs> and it's coming true. Everything in Twilight Zone is like, are we here? <laughs> We're here. Oh, and that, that, those kind of shows scare the crap out of me. So I, I don't watch those. I'm, I'm a softie. <laughs> well, well, you know, you don't want to be caught off guard. But, but are you familiar with, and I say the black and white version of Twilight Zone? From no, I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen movies like my, my director keeps telling me you got to watch Clockwork Orange, Clockwork Orange. And I see the preview of it. And I know Stanley Kubrick doesn't do anything easy. So I'm like, 
there is no effing way I'm watching Clockwork Orange. There is no way I'm watching Black Black Mirror. I like to sleep at night. <laughs> gotcha. Well, then I know you've never seen then like The Purge. Oh God, no! I'm not watching. No, man. I, I I like to sleep at night. I got enough problems on my own. <laughs> okay. 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 Now, are you are you from the Bay Area? No, no, I grew up in India. I've been in this country since I was 17 years old. So I've been here 24 years and I uh, became a citizen last year. And this was my first election where I voted. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, you growing up in India, I have a thing, at least for me, since I was about 12, I always knew I needed to see the world. And once I saw it, I said, the light world is so much richer. You know, this country has great things, but there's things that I just love being outside of this country. And people say, what is it? And then they try to accuse me of, oh, you like to bribe the police. I say, no, but if there's corrupt police, it is kind of nice that you can give like a dollar and you're on your way. That's kind of a nice thing versus a camera trying to take a picture of you and you having to dispute and say, that wasn't me, you know, and you got to prove it, right? Because there's always a loophole in the law, people. Um, but I love being out of this country. I haven't been to India yet, but I just, I, I don't really have a home. Born in Oakland and um, raised in Concord. So I'm a 510925 oh, really? uh, child. Yeah. And I just find so much more peace outside of the country. We don't, I don't know if you've gone back to India anytime soon, but it's just like certain things we don't have to deal with that, you know, you know, of course, you don't have to deal with racism in India, but you have to deal with classism, um, definitely. And, and, and that might be worse than racism, kind of like tribalism is worse than racism because there's not enough like education and exposure to get people to like, no, just because I'm from this tribe. But it all kind of ties into ignorance. So it's, it's just one of those things. But have you gone back to India or left the country anytime like recently? Well, uh, not in 2020, but I was out of the country in 2019, and I do travel quite a bit for my job. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. In this country, we call it racism. And in different countries, you may call it classism or you may call it uh, classism, you know. But there are human beings, um, they... Uh, uh, they display similar colors wherever they are. So mm -hmm. humans like to separate themselves based on whatever they might think is uh, superior than the other human being. Um, now, again, that's their perception. That's not necessarily reality. So whatever they might find, hey, my phone is better than your phone. My hair is better than your hair. Yeah. You know, I got whiter teeth than you, so I'm better. You know, people will find whatever they could find. You know, in this country, they found skin color, right? In Europe, they might find height, right? In, in Africa, they also have um, a skin color and they have class system. In India, they call it by caste system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people try to figure out a way to separate each other and politicians throughout the world I have seen always have a policy of divide and rule in this country. You know, we're being divided because of that policy by politicians to divide and rule. Um, and that's everywhere, you know, 
No, it, it definitely is. And, and, you know, people say, oh, the grass is greener. I, I say, and it's taken from the nomad capitalist, you go where you're treated best. And there's times where, you know, I tell many Black Americans, I say, you know, $3,000 in most of Africa, you're pretty set. You know, you, you're going to have your house help. You're going to have a nice home. You're going to be pretty set in theory. Now, you can go buy and waste and squander money all the time. But um, I just love being able to travel and that exposure and let my kids see it and see that eating with your hands, there's nothing wrong with it. We don't have to go to a special restaurant for that to be the norm. And that, you know, especially for children that you can go out and play and there's no issue. I have been a CPS investigator um, before, and I can tell you the calls that CPS get global, like nationwide, it's just ridiculous. It's like kids are playing. Yeah, ch child protective services. Like if your kids are playing outside, and this was in the South, so you would think that they had a little more leeway, but kids playing across the street from their house, just nosy neighbors. We call them Karens now. You know, just, hey, there's kids playing and did it. And it's like, how old are they? 10, 12, and 15. What is the problem? What is the, that's why we don't see kids playing. People blame the kids. It's not always the kids. It's that their parents have been called into a state organization and no one told this person, hey, mind your business, they're playing. And, you know, it, it, it's just ridiculous. So let me ask you this. It, your YouTube, do you also podcast? Um, no, my friend. I, um, I try to bite off only what I can chew. I am not as high energy as you, and I am not very good at multitasking. So well, you, I you am, have a more radio voice than, than I do. My voice sounds like a cartoon character. You know, I, I can do Disney and, and all that. But when I hear your YouTube, I'm like, man, is he, is he trained? Is he, you know, radio trained, media trained, whatnot? So I definitely think you could do it. And taking what you've already done on YouTube for the most part and just making it an MP3. You know, I know you're a perfectionist. I can tell that by your videos. But perfection isn't what has people tune in. You look at Joe Rogan, who just got that $100 million deal. He didn't get it because he had everything to say right. He did it just because he's done it for so long. And he, you know, he has real conversations and, and you know, has his guests smoke weed. You know, Elon Musk. Um, he can get his guests to say and do things just naturally. And they know they don't want to ever fight with Joe Rogan, nor does he want to fight with them. But there's more money in podcasting, at least um, uh, for the listens, because Google will pay you on the average. You know, it depends where you're at and who you are, but it's not a lot of money. Whereas in podcasting, free commercial, anchor.fm, which will spew you out to everywhere, um, you get $15 minimum. CPM is what we've seen for myself and all my clients, some of my clients have gotten up to, you know, $25 CPM or 30. So there's more money and you can get it day one. You don't have to get so many watch hours. All you have to do is read the script. Um, you know, it's an anchor script, promoting anchor, how great they are. Put it into your um, thing, your, your file when you're editing it, which takes two minutes. And it's just, it's a good way just to get a more educated audience because more educated people listen then the, that's what the data shows, then watches YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great idea, Kellen. Uh, so what I have done is, again, I'm, I'm, 
I'm trying to bite off what I can chew. So right now I'm focusing on YouTube, but I am guesting in podcasts uh, once a week, uh, such as yours. So I have um, my teammates um, setting up my podcast interview for once a week. And that's how I'm reaching to a wider audience. But um, I am enjoying putting together the visuals and the videos because I think, you know, at, and at heart, I'm a teacher. So I like to explain uh, with visual and voice. So that, you know, and YouTube, you know, nowadays, you know, they couldn't make it any easier, frankly. Now, did you hire a company to film that? Or are you just that talented? Dear Lord. No, I, I have a lot of help. I, I, have, I have a director, I have a producer, I have a script writer. Um, I have a graphic artist um, and I have my um, admin person who helps out with a lot of things. Okay, okay. So you, so, so you got a whole team. Hey, you guys, that's expensive. I'm going to tell you. I, you know, I, I have YouTubers that's who... Enough. Yeah, it, it, it definitely it definitely does. That's uh that's a, that's a lot. Um, we've actually been looking at editors over in Africa for clients that we have in Africa and saying, you know what? Maybe we should use our African editors here because we can get them for you know under a thousand dollars and they're good. But what it costs here, plus you know again the laws here hold you know. It, 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 what you have to go through to onboard somebody and, and get them going. But I love the, your production. I mean, it's, you know, I, I definitely respect that and would love that type of a team and put that type of effort in. Cause I'd love to do all my interviews in person and like on a boat. Um, Cause I am a captain in my licenses. I'm a captain. And so I can drive a boat and what kind of boat? huh? What kind of boat? Any, any kind. Um, I'm one of those adventure, you know, type guys. I'm not reckless where I'm saying, hey, give me the 45 footer. But, you know, I, I, I like um, a nice size boat. Let's go 20 and up and, you know, show me something. And I bet you I can do it. Uh, you know, you know, I have pictures from back in the day of people say, were you flying an airplane? Power boat or sailboat? No, no, no. Power boat. Um, sailing to me takes a different type of skill. And you, it's sail. Yeah, it's almost like a golfer. You need patience to be, a, a, you know, to do the sailboat. I really don't enjoy that. I've been on of many. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I need the powerboat, and I like the little mini yachts, or if you can get on a yacht, you know. Um, and I've, I, I've volunteered to clean these things to try to learn, you know, behind the scenes. I'm, and then I'm like. I never want to own these things because I don't want to clean it. I don't. So I got to make enough money, not just to own the boat and it needs to be nice size. We can sleep on it, but have someone else clean it the same way. I don't want to own an Aston Martin, even though I love the car, but I can rent it off Turo now. I can become part of a boat club. Same way with an RV. I love going to RV parties and I, I have a CDL license so I can drive a big truck. I've driven bombs. I call them bombs because in the oil field. Um, but I don't necessarily want to own that to maintain it, because at any time, I want to go where I want to go and be wherever I want to be, you know, after COVID. <laughs> um, love to travel. You know, living in Florida, I mean, I mean, you boys are spoiled. I mean, um, you know, I was in Florida and I um, uh, chartered a boat. 
mm-hmm. and uh, we just drove around as a powerboat and it was just so easy and with a sailboat i mean it's like all right <clears throat> you know get ready we got to do this i mean sailing is a lot of work um so uh, but but it's but it's re- rewarding it's almost therapeutic um and but but frankly so is powerboating i took my family out it was easy. It was great. We did some fishing, you know, it's, and, and Florida, you know, it's, it's very boat friendly culture. So anywhere you go, you just dock and you go have lunch and you come back out. It's nice. Well, you know, the difference and, and, and in California, we have a family cabin in uh, near Tahoe. I almost said the city, but I'll tell you off there. My, one of my aunts gets mad every time I mention it. She's like, don't let people know <laughs> about, we don't want any more people coming to you know and so it, it, it's right right next to tahoe um, one of the, one of those uh lakes and you know we would we have a boat there for that lake but you know you would never i would never think of going in the bay and boating first of all the water is too cold it, it, you know it's frozen that's why i love being here we got here during covid and we've only been to the beach a couple times but I just, I just love it. Um, the options and, you know, if we want to go fishing on the boat, I haven't gone the deep dive fishing, but I'm waiting um, for this thing to die down. So I don't get anybody sick or they don't get me sick. But yeah, we're definitely spoiled here and I, I, I love it. And it's not that much to do those type of things. Want to go alligator hunting? You know, it, it's, it's 500 bucks and you get to, they do the whole taxidermy on the alligator and I can't wait. I'm gonna like wear my alligator, like it's a, <laughs> like it's a thing. I've always wanted to do the uh, the, the fan boat experience in uh, in in uh, uh, Florida and at the Everglades. I'll I'll get to it at some point. That Ooh. looks like fun. When you do, let me know. Like I said, this I will be here for. I I don't see myself being anywhere in the states outside of here. It'd have to be one heck of a deal. My wife always says, "Well, what if they offer?" And for every city, I have a number. But I love like Florida and just, I mean, there are crazy people out here. We have been, we've been here three and a half, almost four months. We have seen a car, you know, maybe 20 yards back blow up on us. And we don't know how it blew up. We just saw the flames and we're like, you know, call the police. And you you live in a nice neighborhood in Florida. I mean, you don't look like you're hurting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. Hard work pays off. That's what I tell the, the kids. You know, hard work pays off, and you get get a lot of space. Where in California, you are gonna you can get it. It's gonna cost you. <laughs> it, it, it's gonna cost you. Even what I think what it takes to clean my house, like with the cleaners coming in, it's like what that would cost in California. Sheesh, you know. Well, I started my career in Wisconsin, and I had the best apartment in Milwaukee. I was on the 14th floor penthouse studio apartment, single guy overlooking the city. To me, it was the best apartment in the city. And my rent was 650 bucks. At that time, it was all the money in the world. Now I pay that much for utilities. (laughs) Isn't it funny how the transition, and I, I love that you said that because somebody young will listen to it and they'll be looking at their, you know, $50 $50 utility bill and say, I couldn't even imagine that. But if you keep just going through the steps, working at whatever your purpose is and working at it hard, you know, not getting all the sleep that your friend is getting, you will get there. And that's just how life works. And if you don't, you might be around the wrong circle of people 
doing the wrong things. And that's why they need people like you and I to consult. Not that we have it all figured out because there's always somebody richer. I mean, we're 15 minutes from Mar-a-Lago and I can go down there and be like, oh man, this, this is nice, you know, but it, it's, I, I'm happy where we're at and, and comfortable. And I also think about the homes that we're building outside of this country. And those are like really the dream homes where I always tease um, a family member and say, I'm going to put, this is beachfront property. I'm going to put a helicopter pad on it. <laughs> I don't have the helicopter yet, but I'm going to put the helicopter pad on there it. Are, uh, there are lots of um, beautiful resort type homes for sale in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm. And they've been very um, immigrant friendly because they're trying to attract investments. Really? Okay. I have. Do you know if they have like a citizenship by investment? So if you yes. buy one of those, you can. Okay. And it's and it's a fraction of what America had, and now it's not even just about the money. It's just the ease of getting it, and you know some of the other countries are making it a lot easier. Have to check the Trinidad and Tobago. I I, I love the uh, the food, the culture, except that I have not met a humble Trini yet, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not yet they just haven't gotten to know you <laughs> <laughs> they're all number one and i love it because you're like and they'll laugh at it i've told them they're like yeah you're right you're right so let me ask you this um just for time's sake you know and, and while winding down and i could do this all day with you because you're an interesting character what is like your community give back with all your success that you've had so that's a great question. So what I do is I am keenly involved in the American Society of Appraisers. I'm on the board and uh, we try to help young appraisers come up and we educate them in trying to uh, teach them about valuations. And, you know, valuations is not just about money. I mean, it is about money. At the end of the day, you got to make a living. But it's mostly to me, it's about educating your everyday people who are just hustling every day, just paying their bills, paying their accountant, you know, moving inventory, satisfying customers, paying employees, you know, helping them look up and say that, hey, you've got $10,000 or $20,000 to invest somewhere in your business. You could invest that in email campaigns. You could invest that in a new billboard. You could invest that in hiring a new employee. You could invest that in buying new inventory. Out of so many options that an entrepreneur has, which option will maximize the value of your business? And that's really what I want to educate people on. Um, God's been kind to me, so I want to give some of that back. No, that is that is awesome. And I, I'm glad to, to hear that. And that, you know, I think if you just keep doing your show and your podcast, I don't think you need to pull up in a Rolls Royce. That's proven that that doesn't always work. You know, people say, oh, gosh, one of these videos, I do know some people who that's how they started or with the Maserati. And I'm like, wait, I'm Maserati's for 30,000. Not that fancy, but there's a tribe for everybody. But, you know, I, I definitely think you have something. I would definitely recommend checking out VidCon, which um, V-I-D-C-O-N, don't know if you, you know about them yet. And, and they have an event in L.A. So whenever events start opening up, go to the one in LA and network and buy an industry ticket. And you and I can stay connected in anything that you say, I don't know that I'll send you a link and just let me know. No problem. Um, because VidCon, an industry ticket 
It's the behind the scenes. And you and I, we need to be behind the scenes telling them, yes, we can be the talent, but we can also help grow the talent because I want to bring more young people up. I want them to say what I want to say. I don't have to be, I'm, I, Al Heyman is one of those people that I kind of admire. He's um, Mayweather and a lot of other boxers business advisor who doesn't steal from them. Like, you know, Don King has allegedly are just done to many people. And he, and Al Heyman hasn't done an interview in over 40 years. And his friends tell me he's so hated. He'll never do one. And most people don't know where he lives, but VidCon South by Southwest, I could see you on a panel, easy. Um, that's a great conference, you know, to, to go to where you that's would- That's in Austin, right? Yeah, that's in Austin. And Austin, if you've never been, is like Berkeley. You know, once you hit, you know, Austin, you're like, this is like being in Berkeley. Everybody's so weird and go to the dueling piano bar and, you know, just have a great time. But those conferences, I think, make the difference. Me and myself, I love conferences. I have a budget for it. Um, but, you know, with COVID, there's no need to risk it. The only conference going on are if you're um, a MAGA supporter and, you know, and, and, you know, if you are great, I'm from the school of George Carlin, where I think the government was bought and paid for a long time ago. So we vote whoever we vote for, but it's not, you know, they, they got a million MAGA march going on on the 14th. I don't know if you've heard about that one. Mark Twain once said, if uh, voting made a difference, they wouldn't allow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that, that, is, that is the truth. Well, you guys, for time's sake, we got to wrap this up. But if you like this, make sure you like, share, subscribe, and make sure you subscribe to both channels. Links are in the description box. Barat has a channel that you need to learn and you can just learn something that you can use for the future. And you might just sound smarter to somebody. So, Barat, I thank you for coming on and be blessed. Thank you, Kellen. I appreciate you having me. Great conversation. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.